Helvetia Rockt is a Swiss national association raising awareness about gender inequality in the music industry while supporting, promoting and connecting professional female, inter, non-binary and trans artists. Through its grassroots projects such as producing, DJing, band workshops and songwriting camps, it offers platforms for young people of all levels to discover music and be part of an empowering community. Find out more on our website, helvetziarockt.ch. Sign up for the newsletter and follow us on social media. Musicians in Conversation is sponsored by Suiza, the cooperative society of music authors and publishers in Switzerland. Suiza is celebrating its 100-year anniversary in 2023. Hi everyone, my name is Natalia Anderson and I'm a presenter, content creator and DJ. In this episode, I speak with Helvetia Rock Music Lab beatmaking coach, Seju. She is a musician, producer, composer and also managing director of Music Box Entertainment, co-manager of Other Music Lucerne and board member of Sonart. We discuss capturing insect sounds in the field recordings, starting your own company as a musician and the importance of social security, said you also gives advice for people wanting to begin activism. She answers an audience question and don't forget if you have a question, simply send a direct message to Helvetia Rocked on Instagram. In the meantime, here's my conversation with Seju. Hi, this is Seju, and you're listening to Helvetia Rock, Musician in Conversation, Backstage. Hi Seju, thank you so much for joining me on Musicians in Conversation. Thank you for the invitation. (laughs) My absolute pleasure. Um, I'm going to start this uh, conversation with the question that I ask everybody, and that is, how did you get started on your musical journey? I got started as a kid. When I listened to Mozart's Magic Flute, I was in kindergarten, but the older children from school, they performed the Magic Flute and that really caught me. (laughs) I think it was the whole atmosphere, like seeing the older children performing it and then just hearing the music. Mm. It was really, yeah, to me, it was just a whole new world. Yeah. And it really fascinated me. And at what stage did you make that connection or that jump to actually start learning music yourself? You play the cello. Did you learn as a child? Yes. I mean, I used the very first beginning that I remember is just singing music. We used to sing at home. Hmm. And I loved singing, um, yeah, all my life. But then when I heard Mozart's Magic Flute, I was a total fan of Mozart and I decided that I wanted to play the violin and the piano. That was at age five, something like that, in kindergarten. And when I went to school, the music teacher there told my parents that they should bring me to a music school so I could try out some instrument, like when they have their open house day. And I went to see the violin teacher and I tried the violin, but I really didn't like the teacher. So I was like, I'm going to play the violin, but now with that teacher, I was a pretty stubborn kid. So um, I made my round and tried different instruments and I ended up 
in that room where the cello was with the cello teacher, which I just liked from the first second on. And I told my parents, I'm going to learn the violin with that teacher. And they were like, that's not really how it works. How it works is that the cello teacher. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, yeah, either you'll learn the violin with the violin teacher or you learn the cello with the cello teacher. And I was like, okay, I'll start with the cello because I really like to teach it. Yeah. That's wonderful that you got to learn um, cello and you're still playing it now. You play piano. When did you introduce like electronic stuff to your sound? When did you bridge the sort of classical with the electronic? Good question. I don't really know when it started exactly. I just remember that even when I started to cello, I was really lucky with a teacher because I always had like my own musical ideas and I was always trying out some new sounds in the instrument and he really encouraged me. And he encouraged me to find my own way of writing down the music and to come up with some signs and whatever to be able to remember what I wanted to play. And I guess that was already the beginning of finding, trying to find new sounds. Mm. And I remember that I, I think it was for Christmas that I made a wish that I wanted a microphone with which I could record stuff, maybe around 10, 11, something like that. So then I started to record stuff. And, and was this for your voice or were you recording the cello? Both. Oh. Also like, I remember that I also recorded like just sounds that I heard and I just started to play around with it. I mean, I didn't have any DAW or anything, you know, it was just like, I just recorded on tapes. Yeah. That's (laughs) the beginning. That that is the foundation of recording music and recording music, isn't it? The tape, the eight track, the four track. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I had just like this this small, you know, the regular tapes that, yeah, and um, that, was to start and then yeah. I just started to experiment and dived into it. You play your cello standing up. I've seen most some of video. the time. Yeah, yeah, most of the time. I'm not a cello player. <laughs> it's one of my favourite instruments though, but <laughs> I'm not so rock and roll like she's standing up <laughs> playing her cello. You know? Does it change the sound? Does it or is it just a, a movement thing for you because you're you're singing as well? I think there were two reasons why I started doing that. One was that sitting down it just limited myself moving around and I love to move to my music or whenever I play I want to move I want to dance and I can't really do that while I'm sitting I'm always when I'm sitting down and like I want to dance I want to dance but they can't (laughs) so um that was reason number one reason number two was definitely the singing sometimes I do really extreme stuff with my voice Mm. and it's just so much easier for me when I'm standing yeah yeah absolutely you tap in you reminded me because actually one of your collaborators Jasmine Albash who I interviewed last year she was telling me about like all the things that your voice could do and when I was listening to your voice it was I was just like yeah you're using all of these places you know (laughs) it's not just straightforward kind of la 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 singing no definitely it's it sounds (laughs) how are you reaching these places how are you deciding okay this is what this sound needs to come now you know I guess it's part of the composition but what is your sort of journey with with the sounds you're making with your voice it really depends on the pieces on the songs and the tracks Mm. 
sometimes they start in an improvisation and then I guess it's more like an ex experimenting with the sounds I have mm. or it's more about emotions that I try to find a sound for them. Um, most of the time then it's not really conscious. It's just my body is doing it, yeah. you know, just the feeling like that feels right. It has to be like it or it just comes out. It's, I'm not thinking about it, how I want to do it. Yeah. And then uh, there's the other part of it when I start to write a song and I already hear it in my head, how it should sound. Um, or sometimes it's also like I'm listening to other artists and um, I hear a sound. It doesn't even have to be a voice. Mm. It can be in any instrument, any sound. I'm like, I want to have that sound, but with my voice. Yes. Yeah. Because you actually, we, we spoke briefly, very briefly off, off, off air about Ableton Live. You, you right. teach beat making at uh, Helvetia Rocked. Yeah. What, what do I call it? Is it an instrument? It's a tech, a piece of tech where you can find sounds to do a lot of things. So where is it that you are saying, this is time for my voice to do something? Rather than this is, I'm going to find a sound or put put a, an instrument through mm -hmm. the equipment to produce the sound instead. Good is, is that a good question? <laughs> okay, good. No, it's a good I'm like, question. It, it's a it's hard in question. My yeah. It's in my brain. I'm like, did I formulate that question well enough? Because it's, it's super interesting. I think one thing is that with Ableton, I don't use really digital instruments like coming from the software. Right. Even the beats. Um, I make field recordings and I pr produce my own beats out of the field recordings. And can you just explain what you mean by field recordings? Um, I have my phone and right. I record whenever I'm, I like every day I just re do recordings. Um, and so I really just day to day, <clears throat> if you're walking, yeah. you hear something. And um, because there's so many amazing sounds everywhere and then sometimes you hear something and I was just like, oh, I'm going to record that. And um that's one thing. And then when I um, have a record in mind or a track, I always give myself, I limit myself. I, I tell myself, okay, I want to have a topic. I want to have something that really has a message. So I always decide where the sounds come from that I use for a track or for a record. And um, the last album I used insect sounds mm. because it was about goodbyes and so many insects are dying on mm. our planet yeah. and they lose their um, environment they need to survive. So I decided to take those sounds. And um, also because every time I was visiting graves of friends or family members and I would put flowers or make new arrangements, there were always insects. And I really like that. You know, it's like a place where there's a lot of death around, but so much life going yeah, on. Yeah. So I recorded it there, like while I was making new arrangements and graves. And I just took all those records of the insect sounds and I produced beats out of them. And so that's coming back to your question. <laughs> is I think it's something about emotions where I feel like this has to come really out of my body. This is the voice. I have to have something, something to say. And 
most of the time it's really that question. What do you have to say? And it's a lot about limiting myself. Is it really necessary? Does it say something or not? Mm. And then it's either the voice or the cello, something that's a diff different sound, a different instrument. Yeah. And then it's also something that I just hear in my head. Um, I hear this soundscapes and then I try to find the sounds. It always starts in my head already. Yeah. It's in my imagination and I hear it already and then I try to find the sounds outside of my head to come as close as possible to it. Most of the time it's actually the music demanding the sound yeah. and it's the music that decides which instrument I'll choose at the end it's most of the time it's not really me deciding that's how I feel maybe it's me I mean of course it's me but <coughs> to me it's more like the music that decides so you teach beat making this is what we uh, spoke exactly. about a little bit yeah. before what are some of the most important things you want your uh, students or your uh, participants to understand about making beats or creating music using these tools? I want them to understand that it's almost limitless, that they're their own limit yeah. most of the time. And I really want to encourage them to use it as a playground. I love to describe it as a playground. And you go on this playground and you just discover all the stuff and you try to experiment and... I really want to encourage them to not be afraid of anything. Yeah. And to to have the courage to also make some mistakes. I mean, it's so important. It is. I think, especially when it comes to sort of play and learning. Mm -hmm. Because I know that it's so easy when you see someone who's accomplished at their instrument or the tech that they use, you know, there's so many buttons, there's so many things and you think, oh, when will I ever learn how to use it? But really, like you're saying, it's, a, it's about playing, but it's about making mistakes. It's about just giving yourself the freedom to just try, mm -hmm. I think, isn't it? Yes, it's just, you just need to try. Yeah. And what I always tell them is like, when you started to learn how to walk, you fell so many times and that's how you learn to actually get up again. You can't learn to get up again if you don't fall. If you're involved in music as a hobby, profession or both, sign up for free on the Helvetia Rocked Music Directory. It's a platform for women, non-binary, trans and intersex people in the Swiss music industry. For singers, instrumentalists, bookers, managers, sound engineers, photographers, and many more of all levels. It's about visibility. It's about community. It's about empowerment. We invite all of you to participate in this project. For further information, go to musicdirectory.ch. Okay, we're going to take this time to uh, listen to your first track. Can you tell us what it's called and what it's about? It's called On the Road to a Different World. And it's about the society we live in and the expectations. And that I don't really want to encourage the mindset that 
how I feel is in the majority of the people's head. And I want to get on the road to a different world and try my best um, to get a change. Let's listen to On the Road to a Different World. A business called Music Box Entertainment. Exactly. So you're you're not just being an artist and producing and composing and playing, but you're on the other side now. 
of the fence, which is like the business side of it. What led you to start your own company? Um, my own music. Um, I decided that I wanted to live um, from making the music. And um, I realized that if I was a carpenter or any other, if I would have any other job, I would need some professional um, structures. So I decided together with my partner to find a company. And in the beginning, it was for my own projects, just um, to have like the professional structures for it. And um, also for the whole accounting stuff. But then we also started to work together with others. And um, it's also my partner's projects and also a very dear and good friend of ours um, that we do the whole back office for him. And um, I really like to do that. So I, I like that the fact that um, you saw the need for it. And it's also not something that many people talk about. The fact that on the one hand, you're an artist and you create and you make music. But there's a need to have that sort of structure, which is an entity in its own right, which is a business to help support what you do. Would you recommend that that's something that people look into? Um if you look at it as a profession, if you want to make a living, I think you have to um, look into it and you have to do something. And that's why I always bring those examples. Like if you had another profession, you would never start a business without thinking about professional structures. And with the music industry or with the music, it's being an artist is exactly the other way around people are like oh what you're having professional structures and um i don't see why i should treat my profession differently than any other profession and and when you say professional structures just to break it down for people who don't know it's more like having like a, a registered company like a business so you're gonna have like a an accountant and and i suppose presumably like put, put tax and things through that and it represents exactly you. Yeah. yeah like we have we founded a company, it's an official company. It's all clear how we deal with taxes. Um, I pay myself a salary. I have a regular salary. Um, of course, I have to see that, I have to look after that my company has enough income. Um, like I'm in kind of two positions because I'm the company owner and um, the manager of the company. And at the same time, I'm, a, I'm an employee. Yeah, and it also is like the social security um, it's all taken care of. And I think uh, that's really important to think about that <laughs> too, because there are Absolutely. too many musicians who don't have enough social security, especially when they get older. And um, I know that it's very difficult to think about that when you're in your 20s or 30s, but it's really worth thinking of it. Great piece of advice there. I think if anyone's listening who is a musician, who's an artist, to seriously consider setting up an entity, a company, where you can uh, effectively be employed by your company and pay social security and look after your future. Yeah. You're also really kind of involved in the music scene and that's what I love about your career. It's like you're not just creating art and doing it kind of individually, which is fine for some people who that's what they do, they're they're musicians and that's their focus but um 
you are a part of the uh, Other Music Lucerne, which is a networking and promotion agency for Lucerne musicians. Mm. Why was it important to you to connect with other musicians and and do this sort of extra work? I think it's because it's all connecting for me. When I write music, I always have a message. And with the message comes the activism. I was, I want to make a change somehow. And that's um, my way of doing it. So um, I really love to make music and I think I'm good at it, but I'm also good at organizing and making structures. And I think that's what I kind of want to give into the community. I really like it. I really love um, the other music listener network. It's not really an agency. It's more a network. It's community. Yeah. Can yeah. you describe a bit for people who don't know what it is? Like, what does it look like for an artist? It's open to everyone working um, in the canton of Lucerne. Um, you don't really have to live here as long as you work here. Everyone can contact us. And maybe it's not us who could help, but we can... Um, delegate we can say okay you need to meet that person or you should get in touch with that institution so we are always already creating a network <laughs> and bringing people together that we think they could help each other and then we also have workshops um, about booking about self-structuring about getting professional how to make a living at music but also oh, yeah what about contracts in music or music promotion all that kind of stuff so that's what we do we provide the music community in Lucerne with that information and then we also have just a new format that we just tried this year that we will continue which is called the Transylvétique and it's um, a residency program where people musicians from the German-speaking part can go to the French speaking part, work there together with music professionals on topics that they like, work in their stage performance and play to showcase performances. And we, we invite music professionals from all over Switzerland together with the whole Transylvétique team. And that's, we do some network for them too. This sounds so wonderful. It, it's almost like what was happening before you guys existed, you know. But I love the fact that you're just bringing together the professionals, but also making it clear and easy or just a place to go for musicians because it can be quite isolating sometimes, I suppose, being a musician, like you're by yourself or you don't know who to ask or there, there's not always like a central place of information or a library that you can go to and that's what you do sort of thing so it's quite it's really nice to see that you have created this space for musicians to have these opportunities and to be able to network and to concretely help their career how can somebody get involved is, is it is it go to the website what is it that you would suggest for people to do um the easiest way to do it is on the social media platforms. We're on Instagram and Facebook, and there you can write us anytime. Um, or on the web website, there you can find all the workshops we have, and you can find the email address. And either you just come to one of our events or workshops, or you just write to us. You're also a board member of Sonart. 
Sonart is the Swiss Music Association. It's a professional association of independent musicians in Switzerland. And Sonart here is defending the interests of musicians and and people in music um, when it comes to politics and civil society. Can you tell me, first of all, how you got involved with that and and the importance for, for anybody who needs to know the importance of structures like this? How I get into it was um, I was already active in those fields as a member of other music Lucerne. And especially during the pandemic, we were really, really active because pretty early we just realized that we will get into troubles with our industry. I'm really happy that we were so fast realizing what was going on. Um, and in what, in what way? Could you specify? Yes, because there was in the end of February 2020, they decided to that all the big events couldn't take place anymore. Most of the, of the people, they were not alerted because they said, yeah, I mean, it's not touching me. I'm not playing in such big venues. But many musicians, especially freelance musicians who work as side women, they depend on those jobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if that's going to last for more than a month, most of the people won't have any money to pay their rent. So we need to take action. And we got in touch, like other music Lucerne got in touch with the Ige Kultur. And they got in touch with the Ausgleichskasse. And so we found ways of how to deal with it. So people would get um, some money, some help. And thanks to that, in Lucerne, it was possible pretty early in the whole thing to get some help we were constantly on social media and informing people informing them about the national decisions because it was so complicated in switzerland to have the cantons and the the national (laughs) parliament and then in every canton it was different and if you worked in several cantons it was different in every part and it was really complicated so our job was mainly to just inform people. And that was the reason why, I guess, uh, Sonar asked me to join the board because I was in touch with them constantly to tell them what was happening in Lucerne because Sonar is responsible um, for national questions. So they don't really have the capacity in a situation like that to know what's going on in every region. Yeah. So I just was one of the persons from one region who would provide them with information they needed to do their work. It's brilliant. It just sounds like it's just such important work to do, you know, informing artists and musicians what is going to affect their livelihood. Mm -hmm. For me, yeah, that's my kind of activism. And it's also that I can't, I'm not the person, if something like the pandemic happens, I'm not the one um, who wants to feel as a victim. So I get into action. I want to make something. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. How can someone sort of follow your lead? How can they become more active? Where does someone start? Like if somebody's listening now and they want to do something, should they get with their friends? Should they create collectives? Should they... What's, what's some, some of the ways? I think there's can... so many ways to become active. I think step number one, of course, is 
to find out what is important to you, where you want to become active, because you can't become active in every aspect. You have, again, you have to limit yourself because the day has only 24 hours and you need to sleep sometimes. Yeah. And <laughs> being active is also taking care of myself because it's, I'm also taking care of my own interests, but also taking care of other interests too. It's not just an egocentric way of being active. And I think then it's important, I think, to find allies, people who want to do something too, because if you're always on your own, it can get pretty hard. And then what I think, what I realized in the last few years is that it's important to um, look around in the scenes if somebody's already doing the thing you would like to do and not to do the exact same thing, but join join them yes, and yeah. support them, support others and to learn that it's not really about you or yourself. I mean, it's not about me working for other music or it's not about me working for Sonart, but it's for our, it's for us, yes. it's for an us, not for a me. And not to have two initiatives who do exactly the same you just make each other weak yes yeah you need to join each other you are one of the recipients of the get going grant uh, by foundation suiza and the further price to gemeinde Horf. um what does it mean to you to be uh, to be awarded uh, and to be a recipient of of these grants and what does it it's, do for somebody like you? It's a great honor. I mean, it's not something that I expected to receive. It feels like my work is being rewarded. And it's a huge motivation to con continue my work. It's not linked to a specific goal. It just gives you the opportunity to keep working. And it gives you time. So... I will be able to just have time to dive into the research for my um, compositions, for my productions. And most of the time, that's what, you don't, that's what we don't have, yeah, is time. And it's so important. It's so important. I'm so glad you said that because we don't often articulate that. Yeah. We don't often articulate that time is just so valuable. It's... it's I think it's one of the biggest values we have. Yeah. It's so important. It's just a feeling of freedom and it makes it possible to really make a deep dive. And uh, I think that's also really satisfying um, for myself, but I think it also gives more meaning to the work at the end because it's a real deep research you can make. Absolutely. We're going to take this time to move on to the audience question. So at original underscore copy underscore copy asks, how do you become self-employed? You just register as a self-employed musician or whatever you are, like as a self-employed professional. Um, in Switzerland, you have to register at the Ausgleichskasse. That's pretty easy. It's just one form to fill out. Is it online? It's online. Mm-hmm. You have to go to the website of your canton's Ask Last Cousin and you download that form and you fill it out. And if you don't know how to fill out the form, 
ask someone who knows how to do it because then you can spare you a lot of problems. <laughs> right. Because there is always important to think that in those offices, we have people working who are not connected to our industry at all. So you need to tell them what you do in a way that they can understand what you're doing and not in a way you would explain it to a musician because they really have no clue. And of course they don't have, they're not in our world and they don't have to be. They have other stuff to do. They have other tasks. So um, there are enough people out there um, who can help you with that. Brilliant. Thank you. And one of the last questions is, um, is from Suiza, um, our sponsor. And Suiza asks, what are some of the ways that you can make money from music? There are many ways. <laughs> one is um, playing live concerts. Another way is to record for other musicians, like to be a studio musician. Another way is to arrange music for other musicians to write music yeah to compose to write music for example for um productions like advertisements or films or documentaries there's so many ways games yeah games is a big industry now yes. isn't it but I like what you said about arrangement because I've not. I ask this question often. It's a question from Suiza. So, but I feel like you're the first person to say arrangement of yeah. music for other artists as a as a way of having an income. Yeah, I mean, there are many really great songwriters, and sometimes they want um, some strings on their songs, yeah. and, but they're not string players. So they're really happy to have someone who's a string player and who knows how to arrange strings or brass or whatever, like horn, horn section. And there are many really good professionals who do that. Seju, thank you so much for joining me. But also I just want to take a moment just to thank you for your work that you do. I don't know if you ever get direct <laughs> Thank you. Looking in your eye. I think what you do is so important. I think your activism and the work that you do reaches so many people's lives. The structures that you've created, but just like even connecting people, the networking, creating environments for people to meet others, other musicians, but also to further their um, careers. I think that's such a wonderful gift that you've given to so many people. So thank you very much for your time to speak to me, but thank you also for your work. Thank you for your time and thanks for the compliment. <laughs> If you want to join the Helvetia Rocked community or find out more, check out the website, sign up for the newsletter and follow us on social media. If you'd like to support Helvetia Rocked, you can also become a member or donate. And if you like what you heard today, please share it with your friends. Helvetia Rocked Musicians in Conversation is a concept by Natalia Anderson in collaboration with Helvetia Rocked. It's presented and produced by Natalia Anderson. Music is by Jackie Brucher and The Jackets.